Hello, it's Nick Brown from ADC with another podcast. Today we'll be looking at the fast-breathing well baby and the approach to what is actually a very common clinical scenario. I think a lot of people get rather muddled about what to do in these situations and either over or potentially under-investigate when they're confronted by this picture. I'm very pleased to be able to introduce an, an old friend and colleague, Ian Balfour-Lynn, a respiratory pediatrician from the Royal Brompton Hospital, who co-wrote the paper, which is just out this month, with a cardiology colleague from the Royal Brompton, Mike Rigby. Ian, welcome. Thank you. We've, we've discussed a few questions. I suppose that the, the, the first step in this situation is, um, what is normal What is normal breathing? It obviously varies a great deal in a well-term baby, and I think a lot of people aren't don't completely grasp the, 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 the range of, of normality. Could, could you talk a bit about that? Yes, yeah, sure. I, I think there are two aspects. One is the rate of breathing, which I'll talk about in a second, and the other is the pattern of breathing. And then before I say that, it's how you actually determine it and how you measure it. So I think the first thing is uh, people, I suspect in clinic, count for 15 seconds and multiply by four, partly because the babies are often squirming, moving, starting to cry. And also, but this, this leads to inaccuracies, partly because of the patterns of breathings where children will suddenly almost pant. They'll breathe a bit quicker, then they'll, then they'll seem to stop breathing, and then it's... Um, not a very regular pattern. This is particularly when they're awake. So it is really recommended that you need to do it for at least 30 seconds twice. You can go for one minute at a time, but that's often quite difficult. Yes. So I think, and you need a stethoscope because watching the baby is very difficult to count. You can do that when the child's asleep, but even then it's easier with a stethoscope. Sure. So that's really how you're counting it and then it's about the rate per minute and of course this changes this changes with the age of the baby and comes down as they get older through the first year and also depends whether they're awake or asleep and there's definite differences in slower breathing when the babies are asleep sure so that needs to be recorded in a way rather than just say what was the rate it's the, mm. what the child was doing at the time i mean a very basic thing is 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 less than 50 is what it usually is mm. and it but one percent of babies will breathe over 60 who are perfectly fine um that's the kind of upper limits but the graph in the paper shows you the different sleep versus wake and the changes over the first year as it gradually comes down yeah and and the pattern that's variable too isn't it Yes, as I was saying, just generally watching any child or baby breathing, they just don't seem to do a regular in, out, in, out, as you would expect, which you can often see when they're sleeping, though. Um, And sometimes they'll do periodic breathing, which has its sort of definitions, but definitions that are not really going to be very easy to look at if you're just watching the baby or even with a stethoscope, in fact. Mm. And it's almost a definition from people who are having uh, actual monitoring and recording. But the pattern changes. But more importantly is then you can be breathing quickly, but are there other signs of respiratory distress? Uh, recession is the obvious one. And it's probably the commonest thing I see with tachypnea in a child who's totally well is that they have a little bit of subcostal recession, clearly working a bit harder. Other signs of respiratory distress are also very important. For example, is there noisy breathing? Uh, you know, is, yeah. there, is there coughing? All other symptoms like yeah. that. Okay. Um, let's say then we have a, um, a baby who is unequivocally breathing fast. Um, 
but looks well, yep. is thriving. Are there any particular signs that would make you start investigating um, on, a re- on a respiratory course? The two principal investigations that I would always do will be a chest X-ray yep. and um, oxygen saturations. Okay. And the oxygen saturations, assuming somebody has got the right size probe, because so often I've seen people try to put too big a probe on a baby's toe or foot. Yeah. Um, you know, proper little wrap-around, stick-on probe and uh, a good signal, which, again, is sometimes difficult in clinic if a baby's crying or moving around. You, you often don't yep. get a very good signal. So those are probably, for me, the most important because if either of those are abnormal, then for definite, further investigations are going to be needed. The other thing that I would routinely do, if a child's been referred to myself initially, I would always uh, ask a cardiologist to review the baby as well. Yeah. Because I'm not confident enough in my own you know, abilities. That, that's one thing if you've got a murmur, but there are lots of cardiac conditions where there is no murmur. And so I, w- I would certainly want to do that. And they inevitably will do an ECG and an echocardiogram actually in clinic. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything from a, a respiratory point of view that would make you want to do a bit more than, than, than the basic investigations you talked about? It, assuming you, you, you were happy or that the cardiologists were confident this wasn't a, wasn't a cardiac cause. Right. Well, at that stage, if the... We've got to that part down the algorithm. I wouldn't necessarily do anything immediately unless there was any clues of symptoms. And I think one of the things that I find we are finding more and more in children, not just tachypneic babies, but recurrent infections, is aspiration um, from swallowing abnormalities. And I suspect the more you look, the more you see. And we now have three speech therapists as part of our respiratory and cardiac unit here. Mm. Actually, that's not enough, given the amount that we're finding. Um, and so it's fine if in the history the baby is coughing and sprutting when you drink. You sort of know where you're going. Sure. But you get silent aspiration where at first tachypnea may well be the only symptom. Yeah. And later on it's likely to be a recurring cough and uh, chest infections. Yes. That's interesting. I don't, I, that's not something that would be would have been immediately on my radar. Reflux is the other thing we think about. We often think, oh, is this baby got reflux? Um, because I see lots of refluxes who don't vomit, because otherwise they'd probably go to gastroenterologist. Um, I don't know in truth how how often reflux is the cause of tachypnea. I mean, if it is, we're assuming there's discomfort or esophagitis or something. Yes. But although it's something we rule out, I can't think that I've actually really come up with somebody whose sole symptom of reflux is actually tachypnea. Coughing and wheezing, yes that can be reflux yeah ab- ab- absolutely so i suppose at some point you'd get to the stage where you'd be thinking about more extensive investigations i i think for me if things are getting better each time i see the child which is usually the case um particularly if they're only attacking me i wouldn't necessarily launch into other things mm. but the the sort of four things i would certainly consider would be a ct chest scan and principally, okay. this is for interstitial lung diseases yeah. uh, that aren't always uh, I- immediately severe. For example, knee-high neuroendocrine cell hyperplasia that actually used to be called persistent tachypnea of infancy. Okay. Um, they usually have a few crackles and some recession and sometimes hypoxia, but not always. But it's certainly something you're going to uh, get yeah. a strong clue on a CT scan. I would probably do a pH study 
uh, a swallowing assessment, which would initially be clinical from a speech therapist, and then usually they're the ones who would decide if a videophoroscopy is necessary. Yes. And I'd look at the diaphragms, either with ultrasound or fluoroscopic screening, to yeah. check the diaphragms are moving. Mm. That's kind of my next raft of investigations, yeah. if anything is needed. Yes. Okay, let's go down a cardiac route. What would a cardiologist say are the things that they would like to rule out, even in the absence of a murmur? Right. So, in a way, it's possibly slightly easier for them because if the echo and ECG is normal, I think mm. they're going to think it's most unlikely there is anything to be concerned about. I suspect so. If there's a murmur, clearly the cardiologist is going to, you know, think that it's likely to be a cardiac cause. But of course, mm. you can be tachypneic from a cardiac cause uh, without a murmur. Mm. I mean, the, a commoner example would be a large ASD. But of Absolutely. course, they'll pick that up on a, uh, an echocardiogram yeah. or pulmonary vein stenosis um, and sometimes uh, coarctation because that's the next thing apart from murmurs yeah. is, is the femoral pulses. Yes. Uh, what are the femoral pulses? Are they absent? Are they weak? Yeah. And actually, I have seen a child who presented with tagmia who actually had coarctation and an ASD. Yeah. But that's, you know, my one patient who did <laughs> have a, a cardiac thing. But it does happen, TAPT yes. as well, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. And then there's this sort of pulmonary hypertension, or, or almost like with, with a persistent pulmonary hypertension in the newborn, but in an older child. I know everyone's familiar with that in a neonatal unit. Mm. Um, and it seems that that does sometimes occur. Mm. Yeah. But actually, I'm going to say that the commonest cause of tachypnea is no cause, or at least none that we find. But that is by far the commonest situation, and things resolve over 6 to 12 months usually. Yeah, and you end up saying this was either a normal variant or something self-limiting, which was of no consequence. Yes, or I've sometimes wondered, is it that the uh, respiratory centre is being reset properly or something? I know that's completely speculation, but is there something that's signal? You know, there must be something causing the, making them breathe quickly. Absolutely. Well, that, that sounds very plausible to me. I hope this pod spurs people to to read and reread the articles. I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was a great piece, and even those longish in the tooth like me will find it very interesting indeed um is there, is there anything we haven't covered in that you'd like to like to add i mean the hyperoxia test is something that, that we didn't mention clearly if the saturations are low you know the classic thing is is it heart is it the lungs um and you know whilst you initially will do it almost as a screening at that point with a saturation monitor if you're then going to do it formally you do actually need arterial blood which of course makes it harder uh, to carry out but nevertheless it, it it is important and in the article we've given some sort of pointers mm. to the values of a po2 that would exclude heart disease or suggest it yes and they they are of course just guides but they're they're, they're useful cutoffs and i think mm. they're, they're as good as any out there and it does direct what you do next i mean i think i suspect they're slightly historic in the sense of once you've whipped out your echocardiogram and ecg <laughs> you, you know what i mean you always don't need all that especially arterial blood. Personally, if I think the saturations were, were likely to be positive, I wouldn't hesitate to get the cardiologist involved rather than me try and do an arterial stab in the middle of the clinic or something. Well, exactly, exactly. It makes you revise your physiology at the very least, well, just thinking about it in those terms. Yeah. Ian, thank you very much. I, I love this article and I've read it several times already and um, talking it through again was enormously helpful. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Pleasure.